0: Section 32 of Secrecy or The Ruin on the Rock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Secrecy or The Ruin on the Rock by Eliza Fenwick volume two letter fifteen from lord Filmar to sir walter boyer one two three or four pages by jupiter cried i as i opened your packet walter and i ran over the first ten lines with a devouring greediness for would not any man have expected as i expected when i had so lately written you two letters upon the projects and hopes that dance in gay attire before me that your epistle must have contained comments innumerable hints useful and cautions sage neither comment hint nor caution could i find nothing but four sides of paper covered with rhapsodies which have neither connection with nor likeness of anything in heaven above in the earth beneath nor in the waters under the earth yet negligent as thou art still must i write on my fancy is overcharged with matter for i have done wonders wonders walter yesterday at ten o'clock i talked with lady Monkton's housekeeper who once was mrs valmont's housekeeper and yesterday at four o'clock i talked with mr valmont himself turned back to yesterday and observed me in sir gilbert's post-coach arrived with due state and precision before the venerable doors of valmont castle accompanied only by my father and attended by griffiths armed as all outward points like a beau valet and like a skilful engineer within laying wait to spring a mine for his commanding officer with measured steps mr valmont approached us three paces without the drawing-room door he conducted us to his lady who on a rich heavy and gilded sofa sat in melancholy grandeur to receive us but the niece i hear you cry not a single glimpse of her i suppose yes sir walter boyer i have seen her seen her why i thought pshaw what can a baronet have to do with thought marked you her eye of heavenly blue marked you her cheek of roseate hue do you still doubt then shall i proceed and fire your imagination with the graces of my goddess all enchanting nothing wanting for i have gazed my fill yes on her picture why look you so walter am i not her predestined lover and has she not six thousand pounds per annum pray madam by what artist was this portrait done said i to mrs valmont while the squire and earl were gone to visit the nymph of the south wing with my imagination stealing after them on tiptoe not by any artist sir replied the lady it was the performance of clement montgomery it is drawn from my niece then she must have the honour greatly to resemble you madam upon my soul the likeness is astonishing up rose mrs valmont why indeed lord Filmar! though i never observed it before there is something of me in the turn of these features but indisposition sir the cruel hand of sickness has made sad havoc with my face and she pushed a little backward the hood which had almost hid her remnant of beauty in short dear walter i dined at the castle my father saw the lady and i saw her picture my father says and so says the picture that she is very handsome by the answers to a few questions artfully arranged to mrs valmont but more certainly from the result of griffith's steady inquiries among the household i learn that she is a mere savage and loves her fellow-savage clement as she ought only to love me loves her fellow-savage clement you exclaim not less strange than true walter and if you would know more listen as i did to the aforementioned housekeeper of all the youths my eyes ever beheld said mrs Luxmere, i think master clement montgomery was the handsomest and so affable my lord he used to steal into my room once or twice every day to eat sweetmeats when miss valmont or his tutor did not watch him but who does this master clement montgomery belong to said i to mr valmont my lord i'll tell you exactly how it was nobody as far as i know had ever heard of this young gentleman till just after the squire's niece came to the castle and then the squire took a journey and brought home with him a fine handsome boy and he gave a great entertainment all the rooms were filled with company and after dinner he led in clement montgomery and bade everybody look on him as his adopted son some people think indeed that he is the squire's blank. mrs Luxmere affected to titter you are of that opinion said i certainly replied mrs Luxmere. nothing can be more certain old andrew has lived five-and-twenty years with mr Valmont and he can't deny it beside if you were to see master clement my lord you would swear it he is so handsome and so genteel and is miss valmont handsome and genteel and affable mrs Luxmere? i know very little about her my lord although i lived in the castle nine years said the housekeeper with much abatement of her warmth mr valmont ordered both her and master clement not to speak to any one of the household and she never came into my room in her life master clement used to come so slyly and many a nice bit has he been eating beside me when miss valmont has been roaming the house and grounds in search of him she has a suite of rooms entirely to herself in the south wing and is waited on by silent andrew and his deaf daughter where is montgomery now said i oh dear my lord you can't think what strange things have happened to him the squire sent him abroad and he stayed two years and he came home they say so grown and so improved it was charming to think of it yet that tiger-hearted mr valmont has disinherited him and sent him to london to work for his bread poor dear youth i know it's true my lord enough of mrs luxmere it is true walter that this dear and handsome youth was brought up in the castle with miss valmont every creature in it bears testimony to his good nature for he would not only eat sweetmeats slyly with mrs luxmere but he would slyly ride with the grooms tell stories with the butler and so completely elude the vigilance of the squire and his tutor that his contrivances are still a famous topic in the servants hall not so miss Valmont she never tempted the domestics from their obedience nor invited them to familiarity by that sacrifice of her integrity i like this part of her character nor am i at all inclined to give credit to the supposition which prevails among the servants of her being deranged in intellect a little too hardy of nerve for a countess i confess she roams they tell me in defiance of storm or tempest in the woods nay even in the echoing galleries of the terrific castle, at and after midnight. Some say she has conversed with apparitions, others only fear that she will one day or other encounter them, but all agree that, while he was here, she adored Clement, and since he has been gone she, to an old oak, for his sake, pays her adorations. We talked of this Montgomery yesterday at dinner, his being disinherited is all stuff he is valmont's idol valmont praised him to the skies not what he is but what he is to be when all the squire's plans respecting him shall be completed yet he has faults it seems wonderful and cast in mr valmont's mould too what are his faults think you Boyer why he admires the world like a day at one-and-twenty but he is to be cured of this defect oh yes mr valmont possesses the grand secret he is quack royal to the human race and possesses the only specific in nature to make a perfect man were i in montgomery's place i would wind valmont round and round my finger care i for the nymph's loving her clement think you ne'er a whit did he win her by caresses i'll not be behind hand or were sighs and flattery his engine i can sigh and flatter too ay surely the practice taught Filmar may stand a competitorship with valmont's pupil in two months or less she shall herself decide upon our merits and acknowledge me the victor none of your croakings walter when did i fail of success where i chose to attempt it even among beauties armed with cunning and caution how then shall i fail with this unadvised this inexperienced damsel whom doubtless a man of less might than i could draw round the world after him in a cobweb should uncle valmont rave when i have secured the prize i'll send him among the tombs of my ancestors for consolation he loves family and there he may nose out a long list of worm-eaten rotten heroes whose noble scent can inform him that even the blood of the valmont may be enriched by uniting with the offspring of the dust of the filmars my necessities are urgent walter the day of sealing my last mortgage draws near and if my invention is not more fertile on that account at least my resolution is more undaunted were time less pressing i might grow coy with expedient as it is i must snatch at bare probabilities and in faith be it the wildness of the design be it ambition avarice or be the motive what it may I grow more and more enamoured of the heiress of Valmont Castle, and more and more fearless of whatever risks I may encounter to obtain her. Congratulate me, Walter, on my firmness, and believe me in a very considerable degree thine Filmar. Section thirty two.